Hello there, it is Bianca Hughes and I just wanted to drop in really quickly quick to give you a little gift if you have not listened to the previous episode on the Authentic Wednesday. I just shared that I'm moving over to my new podcast, It Didn't Break Me. So if you are still on the f- on the fence about the new podcast, I am just coming on here to share you one of the episodes, actually one of the top of episodes of the podcast. Um, it is a w- guest of mine named Jamal Moore, and he is talking about his story of overcoming the shame of divorce. A really great episode for anyone who has just basically been dealt with codependency, divorce, more than one divorce, things not going as planned in your relationship and just really suffering with that hurt and pain even though you tried really hard. So it's a really great episode. I'm not going to talk too much. So go ahead, check this out, continue listening. And if you love it, remember you could just go ahead and just switch over to the It Didn't Break Me podcast feed. The podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the other favorite platforms such as CastBox and Stitcher where you can find podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I hope that you'll be joining me on the It Didn't Break Me podcast. Welcome to It Didn't Break Me a podcast where we have honest and vulnerable conversations around the messy stuff we didn't think we'd come back from, inspiring you to give yourself permission to discover the beauty within the mess and to let go the illusion of perfection. I'm your host, Bianca Keisha Hughes. Hello and welcome to the It Didn't Break Me podcast. My name is Bianca Keisha Hughes and I am your host of the podcast. So welcome, welcome, welcome. If it is your first time, welcome. And if it is not, welcome back. I appreciate you all for coming to the podcast. This is season one and episode four of the podcast and I have an amazing guest as always all my guests are amazing on the show last week I had a guest who was anonymous and she talked about her experience um, of divorce especially as a therapist and what's that like when the therapist doesn't always kind of see the signs or red flags or doesn't always do what you think they're gonna do but my guest today is another person and I love this because it's a male and he will be talking about his experience of going through a divorce and so I think it's always helpful even though they might be the same subject they are totally different experiences my guest today is Jamal Mello Moore He has always had a love for words. He began creative writing at the age of 12. This passion and gift for writing led him to pursue rapping and also proved very useful for writing sermons during his seven-year stint as a senior pastor. Now Jamal spends his days as a mild-mannered HR professional 
and his nights as a spoken word artist, a king to the transformation from Clark Kent to Superman. Jamal is passionate about helping others through action as well as words. Like his name, Mello, Mel Light of the World, he wants to leave every city, country, stage, and person in a better state than they were before he was in their presence. Powerful words. So let's go ahead and get into the conversation. So hello, Jamal. Welcome to the It Didn't Break Me podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure. (laughs) I'm excited, as always, to get into the story. Um, Stories are how we connect and how we can help set other people free. Um, And so I'm really excited to get into the story. Yeah, Um, me too. Good. So let's start with the first question. What is something you thought would break you, but it didn't? It would have to be my divorce from my wife, my my last wife. Well, I wouldn't say last because that means final. So I like my second wife. So I might get married again. So like divorce from my second wife. You're divorced from your second wife. <laughs> yeah. So kind of take us back to, for you, because sometimes we have this thing of like, if this ever happens or this cannot happen because blah, blah, blah. Tell us some of those thoughts you had about perhaps divorce with your second wife or fears that you may had before it happened? Um, so I think part of the part of the reason why it was so hurtful or, or damaging is because I vowed to not get a divorce again, you know, because again, it's my second wife. So I was like, I'm not I'm not doing that again. I've done it once. Um, I'm going to do the thing, the right things. I'm going to do preventive maintenance um all of those things I feel like to keep this from happening again I'm gonna talk more I'm going to I'm going to compromise more all the things I felt like I didn't do in the first marriage or that I could have had the power to do that I felt like I I was I was doing those things and for those things that was the things that I was like okay if I do this it's gonna work you know it's gonna work it's just it's just guaranteed to work you know regardless of the other person you know forget about the other person it's just just about me and what I do and if I do what I need to do is going to work okay so tell us about that tell us about what that meant for you one like you know to make sure that you was going to make this work one as a human two as a man and then three as a black man because and the only reason I'm saying that is sometimes people are like well Men, they don't have feelings, da 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 da, yada yada, and I just kind of want to highlight that part. Um, take you through. Can you repeat the question? Yeah, absolutely. So, take me through of what that, you know, the fear of divorce or the concern around divorce or you know, kind of not getting divorced. What did that mean to you, as a human, as a man? As a I woman? didn't want to be a failure. I didn't want to be a failure. I didn't want to be a fa- I felt like I failed at the first marriage. There's some things I could have done wrong. I'm done better. Um, and I wanted, you know, you know what, to be honest, part of it was po- possibly wanting to prove that 
there was nothing wrong with me. Mm. You know what I mean? That it wasn't my fault that the first marriage didn't work. You know, yes. I was like, let, let me, let me, I can do this. I can be a better husband and, and it's not me, you know, it's her, it was her, you know, let me just try to do things better so that I won't appear to be a person that can't be married. Ooh, that's so deep. That's you know, deep. it's funny, it's deep, it's deep because I, I, I don't think I ever thought about that before until right now, this moment. Ooh, I love those aha moments. You know, it only happened because you're talking to me. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. You bring it out of me. Gosh, that's so powerful. Like, I wanted to prove that there was nothing wrong with me. Tell me, so that thing of what's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? I'm broken. Like, I feel like that's such a constant message. We kind of say to ourselves as humans, definitely when I'm dealing a lot with the perfectionist, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. What did that mean to you? Like, did you feel like something was wrong with you? And if so, what? I don't know if I felt like anything was wrong with me. I just really wanted to, I, I believed there was nothing wrong with me and I wanted to prove there was nothing wrong with me. Did people tell you there was something wrong with you? Um, yeah, well, my ex did. <laughs> my <first> ex. <laughs> he had a lot of things to say about me. So, um, so that was part of it. Just saying like, you know, no, this is not my fault. You know, not, not taking responsibility, but not taking blame. Mm. I think those are two different things. And so I feel like, um, I feel like me saying, me trying to prove that nothing, nothing was wrong with me was more so of me just wanting to be better than what what someone's opinion of me could have been, regardless of whether it's something someone said, I just felt like, oh, if you fail at another marriage, people are going to look at the comment, the most common denominator. They're going to be like, okay, so wait, hold on. This is the second marriage, bro. You, you fail at another marriage. So what's wrong with you? So like, you, you know, that type of thing. And, and, and because of that, I did do a lot of, um, I did do a lot of what I thought was adjust. I made a lot of adjustments that I thought that was necessary in order to make the second marriage work. I just don't feel like I knew what to adjust. Mm. <laughs> it's that look. It's like, ooh, this, I, I, I can go, I can go deep at this. I can go deep. <laughs> How did you know? It was uh, like, mm. where do I take this? Uh. <laughs> because you kind of said something that I was thinking about was, you know, what did you kind of like, you know, what, what was the fear that if I have a second marriage, I mean, uh, sorry, if I get divorced a second time, then people are going to be pointing the finger at me, mm-hmm. which kind of points to that shame, mm-hmm. right? Because yes. that's really what shame is. What's wrong with me where guilt is, I was responsible, mm-hmm. like you were saying. And I feel like also that blame part, puts it more on like it was me it was a hundred percent me and I feel like the shame is like so powerful and so crippling and so we kind of do anything we can do to be perfect Mm -hmm. to like you were saying to adjust so that we don't experience this deep pain or this pain would you agree does that I I totally agree and I think and 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 I think I believe, not just think, I believe that by doing so, I, 
I, um, I think I perpetuated issues that I had within myself that I wasn't aware of. And so it was, I think that even after my second marriage is when I really started to understand more about myself and, and to understand the codependency parts of myself and how the, my whole first marriage was based on codependency. And then the second one was too, but just a different, a different aspect or a different, a reworked view of or codependency. When I got out of the first marriage, I was like, you know, I see, I saw myself. And I was like, I see what I did wrong. I did this wrong. I did that wrong. I did that wrong. And I'm going to, I'm going to not do that, not do this and not do that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I didn't deal with the root cause of what was causing me to do the things that I was doing. So instead of doing the things that I did wrong in the first marriage, I did a, I did a different group of things wrong in the second marriage. And then the first marriage is one of the, the things that I did wrong was hurting my wife. But the second marriage, the things that I did wrong was hurting myself. Wow. Yeah. So, to, so that I can keep it so that I, it wouldn't fail. So I would, I would set myself a fire to keep the relationship warm. And it kind of goes back to what that codependency is, right? Part of it, a big part is people don't realize is that validation, feeling valued. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that marriage, I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the marriage is that thing that gives you like validation, that gives mm-hmm. you that, that sense of worth. So I've got to make it work in some way or some form. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. And I, and, and, and I, and that would, it, and I didn't know if that's what it was, what it was. See the fact that I was getting married again, I felt, Oh, I'm good. Like, you know, it's like, like I'm validated. I'm a good person. I'm attractive. Um, I can meet somebody. I can have a relationship. I can be in love. Like we can have this whirlwind of re- of a relationship and and be just madly in love with each other. And we can just float off into the sunset. I wasn't able to do that before because it was because I was with the wrong person. And now that I'm with the right person, it's gonna work out. And because I had that, because I was so dead set on that happening I just didn't take care of myself and and when I say take care of myself I didn't protect myself I didn't protect my heart I didn't I didn't I didn't say the things I should have said I didn't do the things I probably should have done because I was just happy to to be able to prove that I can be a husband again a good husband so does that mean that whilst you were in there, I'm sure you love the person, you liked the person, you know, you wanted to be with them. There was also this part that was driving you to prove you could be a big, a, mm-hmm. a good husband. Yeah. Yeah. And so it kind of reminds me like when it's rooted in like some kind of more selfish motive that things start to crumble and we mm-hmm. think that we're doing something that's good. But it's not always, it's kind of like people pleasing, right? We're doing it because we want to please the other person. But no, really, it's about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people are like, oh, I just love to help people. But no, it's about you and, you know, what you want to feel and what you want to experience and what mm-hmm. you want to get from mm-hmm. helping. Right. People. Yeah. Yep. And that's, yeah. A, that's a, yeah, exactly. And I think that's, that's a part of codependency as well. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to be everything for everyone and, and be in a position to where 
when you don't get that reciprocated, then you have the power to say, oh, look at what I've done for you Mm -hmm. or look what I've done for this. And, And again, all things that I didn't know. I had no idea of until after my second marriage because because if I would have known some of these things, I would have been able to act or react differently to the things as they came. And I'm not sure if we would have still, we would have remained together. It would not have impacted me the way it did. Mm-hmm. It yeah. wouldn't be the thing that I felt like would have broken me if would've I would have, right. You know, mm. if I would have done things differently. So tell us, this thing that you didn't want to happen, you thought would break you, is now happening. You're realizing you're not going to be together. Mm-hmm. How do you respond? Do you like accept it? Do you just ignore it? Like, what do you do? You you die inside is what you yeah. do. <laughs> it, it's and it's you know it's like your greatest fear. I say this all the time. I say I say it in my poetry. I say it when people ask me about it. I felt like I did not want to live anymore. I, I didn't have the courage to be suicidal. I didn't, I didn't want to kill myself. I just did not want to live that way. I didn't want to feel that feeling anymore. Like whatever it took, when it, it, it's been alcohol, sex, whatever I can do to numb that pain, it was just a, something that I've never experienced. My mother passed away when I was 16, mm-hmm. which, okay, let's, the, the codependency starts from things of that nature, but trauma from that, that did not impact me or affect me or hurt me as much in the moment, as much as this failed marriage did wow. when it was failing. Yeah. Now I still have residual from my pen, from my mother. Like I still feel that, you know, I still have dreams about her and stuff. So it's a, it's a real feeling that is, that spreads across that was spread along my whole life but in that moment when I was like either not knowing if we were going to be together between not knowing if we're going to be together and us and then knowing that we weren't going to be that time that time span it was the worst experience in my whole life and I didn't know what to do I didn't know how to get through that so it, it was it was just so I tried everything. <laughs> I tried the, the bad things and I was just, I was just trying because I didn't want, like, I didn't want to, I knew that there was something better, uh, better for me, uh, something, I, I knew that I was strong. I, I just didn't know how to get through it. What were the bad things? Can you share? Yeah, it was alcohol. Like, like I would get so drunk to where I actually one time when we were still together, but still kind of, we were still living in the same house. Um, but we were just really not knowing what was going to happen between us. And um, I got so drunk that I didn't know how I got home. I was um, laid in the middle of the floor in a, in a, in a puddle of vomit and, and poop. Because I had a couple other episodes before then, when just trying to numb. And at that point, I was like, I can't. Okay, this is not it. This is not it. Like, this is, I can't keep doing this. Like, I, I cannot do this anymore. And from that point, I, I, I stopped drinking to numb. I socially drink now, but to numb, that's something that I stopped doing. And even when I feel like, um, like, you know, sometimes you feel like I need a drink. Like, mm-hmm. I try not to drink when I feel like I need a drink. 
So that and just just looking for companionship, whoever mm. it is, you know, whoever it is, just like anybody that gives me attention. Um, I was just searching for that. I think a, a little bit of ego, a little bit of just um, wanting to fill a void. I'm going to tell you another thing. That wasn't a bad thing, but that was kind of like, I, I, fe- I felt kind of weird feeling this way, but I used to go get massages. What kind I, of I massage? Wanted, just regular one. Just regular, <laughs> not a happy ending massage. <laughs> like a regular, like massage envy massage. Like really a real... A, a real massage just to be touched I just mm. wanted to be touched and 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 it didn't have to be in an intimate way I just and that's my that's my love language anyway but I used to go I used to I was scheduled this massage and just just to be touched because I, I I mean again I didn't know what to do and I really didn't start understanding myself till I started reading and going to therapy mm. when did that change then when did you I mean, I know, like, sorry, not when did it, you're telling me that when you vomited and you was poop, is that when it changed or? That's when, no, my feeling didn't change. That's just when I changed, you know, when I did yeah. something different, when you, you know, like, different. and I just know that this wasn't it. I can't, mm-hmm. I like, I cannot do this anymore. How did you even, so for some people, they're like, it's not it, but I don't know what to do. I know this is not it, but I don't know what to do. What do you do at that stage? Or what did you personally do to figure out what is it? Well, you know, it was actually, it was gaslighting that led me to um, get help to see um, a, a counselor, a therapist. What do you mean? She, but she was, because of what we were going through, she made me feel like a, there was something wrong with me or tried to make me feel like there was something wrong with me, like that I needed to seek help. And, and because of that, I was seeking help to save the marriage, not to, not to get better. Not that I, was, I wasn't open to getting better within myself, but I was really doing it because I felt like this is what she wanted me to do. Okay. And by doing so, I started to just understand because no matter what, it didn't matter what I did. You know, it didn't matter what what therapy I went through or what good thing I felt like I accomplished. It wasn't enough. It, nothing was enough. But the whole time I was learning more about myself to the point where I can be like, hold on, what am I doing? You know, mm. why am I doing this? And it, and it didn't. And I still at the end of the day, I still didn't want to let go. I still mm. didn't want to let go of the relationship. But when it was time to let go. I was stronger. I was yeah. a little more self-aware. Um, so, yeah. I love that because um, sometimes people feel like, oh, I have this aha moment and I did this research, but your actual going in wasn't about you. It was about, mm-hmm. it was about her. And then you learn about right. yourself. I can totally relate. I remember when, um, you know, I became celibate or abstinent, whatever one you want to use. And I went in, like I went to this group at church and I went because I wanted to, and I still do be married and have kids. And I was tired of the way I was doing it. However, I really learned about myself mm. in, in the process, more about my identity, connecting with God, having a relationship. And I was like, 
I just came in here to sign text, but right, right. Hold like, on. where did all this come from? Right. And so I feel like sometimes we go in this for like a selfish, I want to feel better moment. And then we're like, the mirror gets held up. And that sounds like mm-hmm. that's what, what happened for you. Yeah, it's exactly what happened. Because I started to unravel or unpack things about myself that I knew, but I didn't know the impact. And I read books that I was like, wow, like... You know, I didn't, I'm, I've never heard these, this train of thought of the, I didn't know what codependency was. I didn't know what a narcissist was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, uh, you know, I, I didn't understand the traits of those um, personality disorders or personalities. Uh, I didn't know what it was and, and to understand that and then go back to my first marriage and like, okay, wait a minute. My first wife was seven years older than me. I met her when I was in high school. I should have never got married to her. I didn't know anything about anything, you know, but mm-hmm. the circumstances of me needing that, that place, that, that feeling of security, security. Cause every mm-hmm. time, every time I heard the word, every time I hear the word insecure, I feel like, well, no, I'm not insecure. I know, I'm no, I'm a good looking guy. Like what are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> Get a girl. Who you think you're talking to? You know, that type of thing. It, but it's more than just being insecure about your looks. It's about feeling secure. And and the relationships. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Can you give an okay. example? Or like, can you give an example? Because we know it's not looks. So what is it for you to feel secure? To feel secure, to be with somebody that's going to be with me. You know what I mean? That's going to be there and not leave you know not Mm. not leave me and not abandon me when I need them and um sorry no Um, no we don't do that here we don't okay okay I'm not apologizing (sighs) okay (laughs) take your time take your time like there's there's no rush so that I think being secure meant that to me that I can be in a relationship with somebody that would not abandon me that would not leave me alone to face things on my own that that I didn't feel like I had the strength to face Mm -hmm. and so with my first wife she was older than me she was um a little more established not a lot but a little more established than me and and so I felt like okay this is good you know we didn't really get along from the beginning but but I felt like, okay, this is stable. This is good for me. I, I feel like I can move um, forward with this. And the whole time it was toxic. It, we just, we have totally different uh, ways of looking at life in, in, in every aspect. Like we, mm-hmm. like, it's just totally different. But, but because of where she was at the time that I met her and in her in her age she had a car she had a house these things okay cool i'm secure mm-hmm. with her and um so in in my second marriage i was trying to make sure that this remains secure mm-hmm. so i i would i so i would i would talk a lot and i think sometimes i think sometimes i did co- co- um communicate over communicate in some cases to where things I probably should have just, you know what, let, let's 
I shouldn't even talk about it. Let's just see what happens or is it even worth it? Is the juice worth the squeeze in certain in certain cases that so I think in some cases I over communicate because I was just trying to make sure it didn't it didn't fall or didn't fail mm-hmm. that I can continue to have that security and have that person to be there with me or for me. Wow. That must be really exhausting. Mm, it was. It was. It was like, really I, I feel like, you know, your parasympathetic nervous system is constantly on because you're in this fear and you're constantly doing everything you can to avoid that uh, abandonment it, yes. and, and rejection. Mm-hmm. Like, that's exhausting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I can, and, and those are the things in a relationship that I feel like was unfair to her, to my second mm-hmm. wife. And I mean, I don't take responsibility for anything that she she did in our marriage. However, I do take responsibility for the things that I did that was unfair to her. And mm-hmm. I think that me doing that was part of the things that I said, you know, that I, I, I just, but I couldn't though. It, it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't, I was doing it because I loved her and I loved the relationship. And I felt like this is, was the right thing to do. I didn't know it wasn't the right mm-hmm. thing to do yeah. and so but I do take responsibility for those things because I'm like you know I I, I could have did, did things differently um but I didn't mm-hmm. and and the things that I've done I, I don't I, I mean I, I'm, I'm of the I'm of the the, the the mindset of people who have the choice to do what they want to do regardless of your reaction is your choice um and so regardless of what someone else did you have the choice to do to react to that thing in the way that you want to react and so I've part of my healing was understanding that it wasn't my regardless of what I did it wasn't my fault Mm. you know it wasn't my fault so it wasn't your fault or wasn't all your fault wasn't all my fault okay that's yeah that's a hard concept sometimes um, especially when you're a person, I know I struggle with that, um, taking the blame. Like I had, I would often take blame for situations or what did I do wrong or da 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 And how could I have changed it? And I think that shifting from, okay, I had some responsibility to, mm-hmm. you know, shifting from it's all my fault to like, I have some responsibilities. It could be a really hard thing to grasp. I don't know if that was difficult for you, but. Um, so it was, if it started off with me taking all responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, okay, like I'm asking the questions, like what could I have done better? Like tell me, because it, it, it didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that she was doing the things that she was doing. I'm like, how can you, how can you do this? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. well, what is happening? Like, how can you do this? Like, I and, and it didn't make sense to me. So I'm like, okay, so then what am I doing wrong? What did I do wrong? And mm. so it shifted from me, like, what did I do wrong to you were to, okay, you are, you're dead wrong. Like you, you, I, I didn't do anything wrong. This is your fault. And then at the end, like at the point where I'm started to understand myself and understand the things that I did that was unhealthy, I was like, okay, well, I, I do have some responsibility in the dem- demise of our relationship. Um, now I do have one, I do have one, uh, <laughs> I do have one thought that, that I 
that I will continue to hold. I feel like I did fight harder. Why do you I think fought. that's important to share? Because I, because I feel like even with the things that happen and, and the things that I did to contribute, I still feel like if we would have worked at it, 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 it could have worked out, you know? Mm. I, I feel like if we both would have worked at it, it would have worked. It, it could have worked out. So I feel like I felt like I fought I fought harder than she did to to make it work. Um, and at the same time, <laughs> and at the same time, one of the things that it was very pivotal in my healing was to understand that she she was not the person to do that. She never she she was not the person to 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 work she was never the person that would have done Mm -hmm. what needed to be done for this marriage to work. Mm. It it just, it doesn't, it didn't. So it didn't matter how much, how hard I worked. Um, And also I think also the me working hard was part of the codependency as well. So, (laughs) you know, one thing, um, (laughs) one thing is uh, I don't do couples counseling now, but when I did, um, and one of the things we learned was that there's always going to be one person that's more in it than the other person mm-hmm. when it yeah. comes to counseling, that there's mm-hmm. always going to be one person. So it's like, who is that person? Um, and so that's, you know, thank you for sharing that. So, so this has happened. The thing that you thought would break you is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost break broke you, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you've started to go to counseling. Um, you're starting to looking at yourself. What? How would you describe your healing process, or even the healing process that you're still in now? So I started to go to counseling. I started looking. I started reading like books, like um, the Four Agreements, um, the Human Magnet Syndrome, um, and just really understanding why I do the things that I did, the things that I did. And I feel like the healing, a part of my healing process is like in writing, like the poetry thing was huge for my healing, just getting things out, just being able to, to hear, talk to someone after I'm done and they tell me that I've been through something like that, or I feel the passion in your writing, like different things like that Mm -hmm. was very helpful. Um, But I think the where I am right now is like I'm not I'm no longer um I'm no longer looking I'm I'm at a place right now to where I'm no longer afraid to be alone. And I don't prefer to be alone. However, I'm no longer afraid. And that is like that was like a breakthrough. You know what I mean? Like I don't like I I'd rather be alone than be in another bad relationship another mm-hmm. toxic relationship or, or even wasting my time. Like I'd rather be alone. So like I was, I was just to be able to understand that about myself, to be able to hear and feel that, to really be at home and be like, I'm good. Like I can, I can live like this for the rest of my life. And instead of looking for future, like, oh, you know, well, I'll, if I don't get married, I don't know what's going to happen. Or if I don't get in a relationship, I don't know what's going to happen. No, I'm okay. And I'm not alone. So let's let's just say that I'm not alone at all. So, but I would rather be 
in a not in a relationship than be in another bad relationship. Mm-hmm. And and once I grasped that, once I understood that, I was able to like just move differently. And you know, my energy and my vibration was is is higher now because it's like, you know, I'm I'm good with life. I I love life. I don't I'm not perfect. I don't have the perfect life. I don't have all the money in the world. But I'm I'm good. I'm you know I'm I feel good about life in general. So um, being in that position, and then um, and then also being so self aware that every time I feel something, I analyze it. If it's a feeling, if I'm happy, I'm like, why am I happy? Mm. You know, why do I feel like this? What's going on in my life right now that's making me happy? If I'm sad, if I'm if I'm anxious. Why am I anxious? Like I dig into, you know, the things that led me to this feeling that I'm feeling. Somebody asked me this the other day. So like, what part of, uh, my friend said, like, what part of the healing are you, process are you in? I said, I feel like, I feel like I still deal with some sort of um, insecurities when it comes to understanding just how awesome I am. You know what I mean? I really have to accept that. Like, and I'm not trying to be arrogant or anything like that, but I just know I'm, I'm gifted. God has gifted me and I cannot, and I've often dimmed my light to be able to, um, so that people wouldn't think that I was arrogant, you know, or uh, full yeah. of myself, you know? And so, and so I'm at the position to where I'm like, now I'm still working on that. And even the things that I analyze in my mind and my life and my heart that I'm like, okay, okay. I, that's still something that's not easy for me that I need to work through that I need to, that I need to build on. But I, I know that I'm in a great place. I say this all the time. This is one of my quotes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am the best me that I've ever been, mm, but I'm not beautiful. the best me that I will ever be. Ooh. I love that. I'll say it again. I'll say it again. I'll say it again for (laughs) people in the back. I'll say it again. (laughs) I am the best me that I've ever been, but I'm not the best me that I'll ever be. Yeah. So I'm I'm working on something. I'm just, I feel really good about it. And it's because, it's because of the result. I think the result of everything that I felt that would break me or destroy me was a better, uh, a better version of myself came out of every, every one of those things. And did you ever imagine that? Because sometimes... No! <laughs> it's like, I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to die. So no, I'm not coming out of this alive. When I get done with this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just lay down in my grave. I'm just gonna be, it's going to be over yeah. for me. You yeah. don't know it when you're going through it. You don't have mm-hmm. any idea that mm-hmm. this is going to be something that's going to that's gonna make you a greater person. Yeah. You know, in the end. I wish I, wish I could have done it differently, you know, but mm-hmm. it has, you know. Yeah. But that's what it's called, right? That that's one of the taglines is is discovering the beauty within the mess. And that's what happens. Like it's messy. It's we don't like it. We wish it never happened. But there's some beautiful things to come out of it, which is you being the best version of yourself. So um, I have one last question. What is messy in your life right now? So it could be something physical or emotional or mental um what is messy um what is messy in my life right now what is messy in my life right now hmm that's a good question a second uh, I think relationships are still messy for me (laughs) in my life right now even though even with all the healing and all the grand better me 
I think relationships are kind of messy with me right now. Uh, romantic or just romantic, re- mm-hmm. romantic relationships. I don't have a lot of no romantic. Let's just say let's just stick with romantic relationships. I think they're kind of messy for me right now because I don't trust myself. Hmm. And not saying I don't trust myself to be loyal or faithful, but I don't trust myself to be able to make the right decisions anymore. So I it, I battle with that, you know, like, mm-hmm. because I thought my last marriage was the, like, this is it. This is, I'm never going to do anything different than this. This is the, for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. And then to, for that to fail, like, I'm like, I'm looking at people that I, that I um, date and I'm like, mm she looks like she might be the one, but eh, I don't know. I thought the other one was the one, you know? So it's like, that's, that. I think that's a messy part. And I'm, I'm getting better with that as well. So like, I'm, I'm able to like, just make the determination. Okay. Jamel, just try, you know, just, mm-hmm. just try. I mean, it, it, it you're not going to do anything until you do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you're not going to, so if, you might be hurt but it's okay you know that's life you know and that's the thing that I'm that's the messy part I'm trying to I'm trying to prevent these things it's a part of me even trying to prevent my last marriage from from in from ending now I'm trying to prevent from getting hurt from a relationship that I won't even start Mm, yeah yeah that is messy yeah (laughs) (laughs) in a good in a good way in a good way right right in a good way Cool. Well, thank you so much, Jamel. Um, you have really given us, you know, some insight. And so we thank you, you know, just for your honesty and, and your vulnerability. Um, that's, you know, that's my superpower. Vulnerability? Yeah, I think vulnerability is my super, superpower. Hmm. Mm, I, I really have a superpower. Hmm. <laughs> I love that. So is there anything you want anyone to know? No, I think I said a, a lot. Um, I think I've, I've, it's easier for me to go through um, just to drop the nuggets while I'm talking and be like, yeah. oh, is there anything in my closing <laughs> remarks? I would like to say, no, I don't really have, <laughs> I don't have that. I just, um, I just, I just enjoy being able to tell people about what I've been through because I made it out. And there's so many people, like we just said just a few minutes ago, the fact that when you're going through, you don't know there's a way that you're going to make it. You don't believe that you're going to make it out. And if, if somebody can hear me say these things, I feel like it can be helpful for someone else. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. So where can we shower you with love? How can people kind of connect with you? I am on Instagram. And you mm-hmm. can follow me at Jamelo, J-A-M-E-L-L-O-W. I'm also on TikTok. I'm kind of like TikTok, a little TikTok famous now. You know, I got like <laughs> 11,000 followers on TikTok. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, I was like, wow, it, it just came out of nowhere. Um, but TikTok is Jamelo Moore, J-A-M-E-L-L-O-W-M-O-O-R-E, which is my last name. Um, that's my TikTok and I'm, I do poetry and anybody that follows me, I'm, I'm hosting some shows. I got some things coming up. So if you follow me, just tap in and I'll keep you in the loop of what's going on with me. 
Perfect. And um, we'll put all that information in the show notes. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wow. That was so powerful. Um, I know as I was listening, I had some teary moments, some silent moments. Um, I don't get speechless often, but just being in awe of his story, he really had me taken in and I hope it did too for you. Let's talk about takeaways. And just going on that theme of vulnerability, for me, just how vulnerable Jamal was in in his story. I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, he talked about his poop and his vomit, and that was very vulnerable um, and just showed just so much strength. So, wow. And it's real. It's real. Very real. Another thing... I took away is how powerful our need for human connection is and our need for security. And I I think it's a very natural need, but sometimes when we have that hasn't been met or filled up in a healthy way, we can try and seek it in so many different other ways that we can lose sense of ourselves. And so that was that was another takeaway. Um, another takeaway I have is that. Sometimes when we go and heal ourselves for someone else, we can actually end up finding out who we are and doing our own true healing. So you may go because you want to to therapy, say, for example, because you want to improve a relationship or you're having relationship troubles. But in that, you begin to see yourself and face yourself and find out more about you and see the beauty that you are. Hence, discovering the beauty in the mess. And finally, my last takeaway is that our deepest fears can cause us to dismiss our needs. I'll say that again. Our deepest fears can cause us to dismiss our needs. I'd love to hear your takeaway. Please feel free to share it with me. If you, you know, just send me a DM or authentically be you, tag the podcast and share your takeaway. Share this with a friend. There's always someone, friend, family, colleague who needs this. So please share so that we can all connect, stay healed and make sure we're not staying in bondage to, you know, things we think that are going to break us. And so we can just continue to discover the beauty within the mess. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to It Didn't Break Me. If you like this episode, please follow the podcast and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Please don't forget to share this with a friend and you can tag me on Instagram with your takeaway from this episode at authentically be you. If you want to keep abreast of upcoming episodes, please sign up for the newsletter on the podcast website, itdidn'tbreakme.com. And remember to discover the beauty within the mess.